Micron is loved by super investors, but not for the reasons that you might think. We're analyzing Micron technology stock ticker MU to see if its market price is a fair value. We're using the select six analysis to look at the most telling financial metrics before estimating an intrinsic value for Micron. Then we're giving a final rating to the business. There will be a key bonus metric along the way, that just might be the tipping point when analyzing Micron for your portfolio. Before we get into these valuable metrics, let's understand Micron stock performance. Right now, Micron trades for $61.15 per share. In the last year, their stock price is down 16%. In the last five years, their stock price is compounding at 5% annually. In the last 10 years, Micron is compounding at 19% annually. Going back prior to the global financial crisis, over the last 18 years, Micron is compounding at just under 10% annually. The company also pays out a 0.7% dividend yield. This slight dividend yield is in addition to these compounded annual returns. Micron trades pretty snugly between their 52-week high and their 52-week low. Just under 3% of their shares are sold short. Micron is a big business. They have a $67 billion market cap. But why are super investors paying close attention to Micron? Micron historically focused on designing and manufacturing DRAM for PCs. The firm then expanded into the NAND flash memory market. It increased its DRAM scale with the purchase of Alpita, which they completed in 2013, and Innoterra completed in December of 2016. The firm's DRAM and NAND products tailored to PCs, data centers, smartphones, game consoles, automotives, and other computing devices. Starting with metric number one, we want their average return on capital in the last five years to be above 14%. There are two key reasons for this. The first is that over the long run, over the course of decades, a stock is likely to return approximately what its underlying business returns. These business returns will be captured here by return on capital. The second is the average publicly listed business earns about a 7% return on capital. Looking for a benchmark of 14% potentially allows us to build in some margin of safety based off the quality of the business being about twice as good as average. Micron has been been a cyclical business in its past. Their returns on capital have reflected this cyclicality. They earned very low returns on capital in their fiscal 2020. Those have been rebounding since. In these last five years, Micron earns about a 16% average return on capital in a given year, a couple percentage points above the benchmark we're looking for. This is a check on metric number one for Micron. Next, we're looking at their growth. We want to see revenue free cash flow. We want to see revenue, net income, and free cash flow growth in the last five years. This metric is all or nothing. All three of these have to be up for this to be a check. We'll be including their last 12 months worth of numbers in our calculations here. From 2018 until right now, Micron's revenues are actually down by 24%. Their net incomes have really tanked. They're down 89%. And their free cash flows have swung from being positive in all five of these fiscal years to they are negative in their last 12 months. Looking at their income statement, the driving factor for their declines are reflected in both their revenues and their gross profits. They start at the beginning of their income statement and work their way down, impacting their cash flow statement as well during this time. This is an X on metric number two. Metric number three, we're taking the perspective of an individual shareholder in Micron by looking for earnings per share growth over the last five years. While Micron's earnings have cratered over this time, we want to look at the company's shares outstanding, potentially a good sign for long-term shareholders in Micron. Micron 
Micron has repurchased 10% of their shares outstanding. They bought back a tenth of their business. This is important because when you purchase a share of stock, what you're buying is a fractional ownership percentage in that business. When a company buys back their shares by decreasing the number they have outstanding, they're increasing your ownership percentage, which will ultimately increase the percentage of the business's profits you're entitled to without you having to spend a dime. It's almost like the company is making a partial acquisition of itself. Just like any acquisition, we want the company to be getting more value than the price they're paying. This depends on a couple of factors, including the price that Micron paid for these buybacks and what a potential fair intrinsic value is for Micron, which thankfully when we perform our discounted cash flow analysis later on, will give us an estimate of that for Micron today. Even with their 10% share buybacks, their declines in their net incomes outpace this. This is an axon metric number three for Micron. Metric number four, we're looking for free cash flow per share growth in the last five years for Micron. Similar situation here, because their free cash flows are down over this time, and because they're actually negative in their last 12 months, this is an X on metric number four. Recapping where we stand currently, through our first four metrics, we only have one check and three Xs on Micron. During economic downturns, it's overly levered businesses that are likely at the greatest risk of poor outcomes. In metric number five, we want Micron's net debt, which is their total debt minus their cash and their short-term investments, to be below the amount of free cash flow the company has produced in their last five years. Micron, in their last five fiscal years, has had negative net debt, meaning they have cash left over after paying their debt. Recently, the company has added to this net debt position. Right now, Micron has about $900 million in net debt. Over the last five years, Micron has produced 15 $6 billion worth of free cash flow. That's plenty of free cash flow to be able to comfortably support this debt load. This is a check here on metric number five. It's worth being aware though that Micron's free cash flows are negative in their last 12 months. Those types of changes are something that's been seen by a number of semiconductor businesses in the last couple of years. Before we get to metric number six, we can't forget about our bonus. As our bonus, we're looking at Micron's dividend profile. Micron pays a small 0.7% dividend yield. We want Micron's dividends to be supported by their free cash flows. Micron started paying out a dividend in their fiscal 2021, and they've supported their dividend payouts with their free cash flows in their previous two fiscal years. They've not been able to support their dividends with their free cash flows in their last 12 months. That's something you'll want to be mindful of to see if this dividend will continue into the future. No guarantees here, but that's something to pay attention to. The big metric of them all, metric number six, we want their average free cash flow to their total enterprise value to give us a yield that's above 5%. If this is the case, this gives a slight risk premium to the yield of the 10-year treasury. It may offer a starting point for a potential fair intrinsic value of Micron. Micron produced $15.6 billion of free cash flow in their last five years, meaning in an average year, they produce about $3.1 billion of free cash flow. Again, that's been very cyclical throughout this time. Currently, Micron has a $68 billion total enterprise value. This takes into account both their market cap and their net debt position, it gives a perspective of the company that's more similar to as if Micron were a private business. When we divide their $3.1 billion of their average free cash flow by their $68 billion total enterprise value, that gives us just above a 4.5% average free cash flow to enterprise value yield for Micron. That's coming in above the yield of the 10-year treasury, but it's slightly below the risk premium we're looking for, meaning this is an X on metric number six for Micron. Micron has a negative current free cash flow to enterprise value yield too. You don't want to just throw this business out. This is not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. It's not financial advice. There must be a reason super investors love Micron so much, which we'll get to in just a moment. Everything we've discussed so far is important, but there's something missing that in my opinion is the main reason to analyze Micron. 
which takes us on to using a discounted cash flow model to come to a potential fair intrinsic value for Micron. A DCF model is based off the predictability of a company's free cash flows. It's like any model in any discipline, its outputs are sensitive to its inputs. Starting with an average of Micron's free cash flows and using historical growth assumptions to project these into the future, it's up to you to do your own homework to figure out if these are accurate and applicable for Micron going forward. If we assume they grow their average free cash flows at a rate of 8.5% over the next 10 years, then their growth is cut in half in the 10 years from there. If we add in the company's tangible book value, which gives us an estimate of their tangible net worth, and we were seeking a 15% rate of return, which is the rate of return Warren Buffett is looking for from his investments in addition to his margin of safety requirements, it looks like at today's valuations of Micron, an estimate of their fair intrinsic value is around $53 per share. That's down about $8 from their current stock price. While it doesn't look like there's a margin of safety in the business at today's valuations, using these assumptions, this falls in line with where many value investors started their positions in Micron. There are key factors to note here. Even though Micron's a very cyclical business, they've been somewhat predictable in their past. This may or may not be the case for the company going forward, and this predictability does affect our assumptions. Micron's dividend would also be included in this 15% rate of return. While it is slight, we would not be doubly counting it. Most importantly, this analysis is not financial advice. It's not a buy or sell recommendation of any security. Before considering any potential investment decision, please consult with your financial or investment advisor. In just a minute, we'll give Micron our rating, but we have to address something first. What are the qualitative aspects of the business? Starting with the qualitative factors supporting a potential long thesis for Micron, number one, Micron produces a diversified portfolio of memory products using DRAM and NAND that will benefit from a wide variety of growth opportunities across 5G, AI, cloud computing, and other areas, which should help mitigate sales volatility. Number two, Micron has achieved parity with industry leader Samsung in DRAM and NAND manufacturing process technology, which allows it to enjoy better cost dynamics and thus, and thus better margins. Number three, NAND-based solid-state drives are a growth opportunity for Micron. SSDs which store information in PCs and data centers should continue to replace traditional hard drives. Then for the qualitative factors supporting a potential short thesis, number one, domestic Chinese chip manufacturers have been aggressively investing in developing DRAM and NAND manufacturing that could increase the risk of industry oversupply and thus depress memory prices. Number two, in the digital memory and storage market, Micron faces tough competition from firms such as Samsung and SK Hynix, which may have superior products. Number three, in the commodity-like and cyclical memory chip industry, Micron and its peers historically suffer operating losses during periodic downturns that are severe enough to depress long-term returns on invested capital. There you have it for a balanced perspective of Micron. Now it's time to give our rating. In analyzing Micron Technology, stock ticker MU, we learn the business earns above average returns on capital. While cyclical, they average at about 16%. Their revenues, net incomes, and free cash flows are down in the last five years, but Micron has bought back 10% of their shares. Even with negative free cash flows in their last 12 months, Micron has produced more than enough free cash flow to comfortably support their debt load. Their average free cash flow to enterprise value yield was just below the risk premium we were seeking, but it was above the yield of the 10-year treasury. Micron 
Chevron recently started paying a dividend and they've supported that dividend with their free cash flows in each of their previous fiscal years. They have not supported it in their last 12 months, which may pressure that dividend, although they could turn things around. Performing a discounted cash flow analysis of Micron, if you've done the work and you believe those historical growth assumptions, from today's valuations of the business, if you are seeking a 15% rate of return, it looks like an estimate of Micron's fair intrinsic value is around $53 per share. The business last traded around those levels in January of 2023. You'd want to be patient as you dig in and research the business. It doesn't seem like Micron is too far off from an intrinsic value, and it's one of the most held businesses by professional value investors, with super investors like Lee Lu, Seth Klarman, and Monish Pabrai having positions in the business. Putting together all the factors in our analysis, it looks like Micron is a strong candidate for further research. If you enjoyed today's video, please be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel for more stock analysis videos, comment down below what business you want me to take a look at next time. Thanks for learning about Micron with me, and have a great day.